by the words of my mouth and the meditations of our heart be acceptable unto thee, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. The Sunday after Easter, we meditate today on the walk of the disciples into the future with the risen Christ. The encounter with the Magdalene was just over. She did go up to the disciples and say that she had seen the risen Lord. Yet the disciples were closeted in a room and inside that room the story says Jesus came in. This morning as we meditate on this, we look at the nature of the risen Christ and the first insight that I would draw, want to draw for you this morning is this, a risen Christ who transcends closed doors. When we try to go back and understand the context of that day, the closed doors symbolizes many things. The last few days, there was an unexpected raging of a turbulent storm. Jesus, who was the miracle worker, Jesus whom many of them thought was the panacea to the empire, Jesus whom many of them thought would be the Messiah, the new king, they saw him cruelly being crucified, being put on a sepulchre. And the news was spreading around that in the grave he was not there. All that turbulence of the pain of death was around. And we see the same sentiments this morning when a week after last Sunday people go back to church in Sri Lanka. They came together to celebrate Easter. They went back with over 200 of them in coffins. This week, they mass burials with hundreds together buried with one service. Close doors between the sudden brokenness of the hopes around which they weaved their lives. And those broken dreams also brought in quite a lot of anxiety about the future. The question, what next, began to haunt them much more than before. And that question led to a fear, fear of the unknown, the insecurity of the hostile situations around. And this, my friends, is the story of several people around us this morning. The risen Christ did not knock at the door. The risen Christ did not want them to really panic at that moment as to who was knocking. I remember one of our earliest visits to Nepal and Bhutan. Bhutan, the previous king was still in power. Worship, public worship was not allowed and yet there were a group of resilient Christians who worshipped together. They had their sandals outside, inside the door and came together to sing a song. 
And suddenly there was a knock at the door. And I saw the panic in each of your eyes. All of them stood, ran to their sandals, took their sandals, put it on, and went inside as if nothing was happening in the house. We opened the door. It's the next worshipper who comes in to worship. But yet, across the globe, in several places, where in Sri Lanka, the war was on, there was a bombing already in Batukalawa. And the church, the people of the church, decided to have an open worship because their church buildings were bombed off. In open worship, they sat together, sang a beautiful song, and then they heard the noise of an aeroplane. Next moment, what we see is people running away. And we are asking what's happening. They are saying they are seeking refuge in bunkers to save themselves from the bomb bombing. This happens in several parts of the world even today. Fear, anxiety, turbulence. Jesus walks in. No door can stop him. He walks in. And that is the beauty of the message of Easter. Whatever be your fears, whatever be your anxiety, whatever be the turbulence that you are going through, we have a Jesus who comes near and comforts. That's what the scripture says. The risen Christ is the one who comes near. The risen Christ is the one who stands in our midst. The risen Christ is the one who comforts, who say, in this moment of agony, in this moment of pain, in this moment of turbulence, I will not leave you alone. I am there with you. I am there by you. And that gives us, as a church, one of our most important calling to ministry and mission. When we hear of people in distress, people in pain, people struggling with their loneliness in life, people struggling with their diseases in life. The call of the church is not to say the doors are closed. The call of the church is to transcend those closed doors. Go be with. Go be with. To care is to cry with people who are crying. Jesus then speaks. He says, Shalom, Salam, Peace. Into the turbulence of the minds of the people comes the Lord Jesus Christ with his peace. Peace which is not just warlessness. Peace which is able to calm any storm. Peace which is able to transform any difficulty. People seeking this peace. People seeking this calmness of the soul. People who want to be beside still waters are around us. And the Easter message is a very, very clear and simple message. Peace that passes all understanding. That is the peace that Jesus is able to and willing to give. He goes beside them, shows them his wounds. The wounded Christ. By his wounds we are healed. By his wounds we are healed. 
wounds are gateways through which the light of divinity comes into our lives. Several times in our comfort zones, with all blessings in life, we fail to have a genuine encounter with the divine. We fail to understand the purposes of our life. Wounds sometimes open doors to God's future. Wounds are there to tell us we are with the risen Lord. The famous story, worth repeating at every Easter, is this. In a dream, dream of the morning, I wanted to see Christ. And there and lo and behold, answering my prayer, Christ came beside. But I took a look again. It was not one Christ. There are several Christs standing beside, promising all blessings of life, promising a wonderful future, quite a lot of promises from Christ. And I shook hands with each of them. And when I shook hands with one, I couldn't just but hug him. Because all, all the hands that I shook, only one had a wound. And he invited me into a journey with wounds. He invited me into a journey to the cross. He invited me to a journey beyond the cross. And that is the beauty of the risen Christ. The risen Christ is a wounded Christ who comes and shows us his wounds and says, Whatever be your wounds, I have gone through it all. And I understand what it means. We do not have a God who is apathetic, who do not understand the pathos, the pain of the people, but a God who is empathetic, sympathetic, sympathos, who shares the pain with people, understanding their pain as they go through or beyond. And the comfort of this Lord who says, I understand what you go through, by our side, beside our side, is something wonderful, something precious. The risen Lord tells his disciples, peace be unto you. He breathes on them the Holy Spirit and tells them, as the Father has sent me, so I sent you. How did the Father send him? Send him. Understanding the shame of being born beyond the wedlock. Send him into the home of a refugee who had to run away from his homeland, fearing the government in power, who spent his childhood days in a faraway country. One who was tried. The judge stood up and said, I find no fault in this man, yet kill him. The cross, the agony of the cross. And Jesus Christ tells them, Even as the Father has sent me, so I sent you. It is not just to preach the gospel to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, to recover the sight 
of the blind, to set at liberty those who are bruised, to proclaim the ear of the Lord. Jesus Christ comes into the context of hopelessness of the people who were asking this question, now what will we do with our lives? He wakes them up with the Spirit, tells them, Go, as the Father has sent me, so I send you. If you forgive sins, their sins shall be forgiven. If you withhold sins, their sins shall be withheld. Go, go with a mission. The risen Christ is a commissioning Christ. We go on with the story where one of the disciples did not really believe what was said. Disciples went and told Thomas, Thomas, we were here in a closed room. Jesus came. Jesus came and met us and Thomas said, unless I see him. They said, we touched his wounds. He said, unless I touch those wounds, I refuse to believe. Jesus honored the honesty of Thomas. He did not want to take another person's story as his testimony. He really expected a self-actualization of the gospel and Jesus honored it. When again, eight days later, they were together still within closed doors, Jesus came in. Came in. And Thomas asked for the touching of the wounds experience. Jesus said, come, touch and see. Thomas stood up and he said, my Lord and my God. And that actualization is what made Thomas go all the way up, all the way to India. And finally, the risen Christ who personalizes relationship. It is not somebody else's experience. It is not a Christ that Mary Magdalene saw. It's not that Christ that the disciples in a closed room saw. It's not a Christ that Thomas saw. It's a Christ that comes near you and me. A Christ who shows his wounds to you and me. A Christ who in our day-to-day -day life and experiences lives with this new hope of joy and resurrection. The joy of Ashburnian today with the risen Lord is something that all of us celebrate. The joy of being a parish once again from hopelessness to new hope, a miracle that did happen in our lifetime. The joy of a memorandum of understanding that made multicultural working together a genuinely possible experience, joyful experience. People who speak two different languages. English for some is the third language, a fourth language, a language some of them have never studied. Malayalam for some is a language they've never heard in life until they met with these people. But yet in two languages, we celebrate the experience of Pentecost. That is the joy of the risen Lord. The joy of being a church and worship, worship, experiencing the risen Christ 
in our midst, in context of our vulnerability. Whatever be our vulnerability, we together celebrate vulnerability. When there was a time looking under the future, people did not want to, we celebrate the joy of looking at the future. The red carpet that we have, the roof that we worked on, the new kitchen, the renegotiated office deal. In our lifetime we see Christ is alive indeed in our midst. The joy of sharing our space and making this space a welcoming space, an inviting space and the joy of reaching out to people who are no longer able to come and we said as long as they could they came to the church and now when their mobility is restricted it is our responsibility as a church to go where they are and we did and we celebrated. Change does happen. In a week's time we would go into God's own country. Many of you would remain in the lush green of Kerala, into the backwaters and oceans of Kerala, into the land of elephants, land of wonderful people we go to celebrate. The Aussies use the word ta. When we came, they taught us, yes, many of them still use the word thank you, but when they say ta, it is not just tata, they mean a big thank you. And as we leave, we would also say cha. And in Malayalam, nanni. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. The joy of the resurrected Lord is that we never say goodbye. We only say, see you later. And a beautiful Malayalam song to conclude. Agasham pole vishalam, nadha nisneham etra agadam. So great is your love, O Lord, that we cherish the four years here. We leave this congregation with the great love of God into much better hands. And we go to another beautiful parish. Agasham pole vishalam.
church together upon the faith of the church. We believe in one God, the Father of the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten of me, of one being with the Father, through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate of the Holy Spirit and the world invaded. 